to Life Church. It's so great to have you with us here today. It's also great to have our West Campus joining us live there in the Marcus Majestic Theater in the Brookfield area. Can we welcome our West Campus? It's, it's great to have you with us. It's exciting to know what's happening in that area. It's an exciting to be a part of a multi-site church as well. It's also great to have our online campus joining us on this Labor Day weekend. So great to have you with us as well. Well, it's good to be in church today. My name is Noel Miller, and I am the Family Focus Director here at Life Church, which means that I get the opportunity to partner with what I believe to be our the best youth pastors, children's pastors, early childhood directors here at Life Church, and we get to help parents and students advance the next generation. Uh, we get to come up with creative ways on how to equip students uh, to make Jesus famous in their lives, and, and not only in their lives, but in the lives of everyone around them. And it's an exciting time to be a part of what's happening in our Family Focus department. I also get to co-lead Life Leadership College, which is our four-year fully accredited Bible degree program here at Life Church, where we help students realize the call of God um, on their life, and, and, and then we get to help them refine that through hands-on experience. So they get to learn in all the departments here at a fast-paced, fast-growing church, and then we partner that with a fully accredited four-year degree in Bible and theology, and, and it's an exciting thing to be a part of uh, what I believe to be shaping and molding the next generation of world changes. I really believe that these students are going to go and change the world in which they live, and so it's an exciting thing to be a part of. Um, it's an exciting time. I, if I can be 100% honest with you, we are moving into my favorite season. I love fall. I love fall. I love everything about fall. I love fall candles. I have been accused of lighting fall candles way too early, um, but I, I love fall. I love the routine of fall. I love getting back into the flow of everything. I'm sure I have some parents in here that would agree with that, but I mean, I just, I love every, I love sweaters. I love the comfiness that sweaters bring. Can I get an amen? Um, I love fall. But if I can be honest with you, my favorite thing about fall, my number one reason why I love fall is football. I, yeah, come on, anybody else? I love football. I am from Atlanta, and I am an avid Georgia Bulldogs fan, so last night was not the best night uh, in my house. My husband is a Florida Gator fan, so he had no sympathy for me whatsoever, but it was hard. I couldn't go to sleep. My heart was racing. I'm, like, standing on my couch, just getting really angry. It was just, it was bad, okay? But next weekend is the start of NFL, and I'm believing for great things in the name of Jesus. Uh, this season, it'll be fun. We just enjoy fall. Fall is a great time. It brings this energy into our homes, and, and it does into our family focus department as well. Our youth pastors and kids pastors are so excited about fall. And I believe one of the reasons that they're excited about fall is because in summer, we see God do great 
great things in students. We see them go on mission trips, and, and they really step out of their comfort zone. And, and we see them go to camp and experience God in these new and fresh ways on a Wednesday night service or a weekend experience. And it's a great time to watch God do incredible things in the lives of students. But fall presents this opportunity, if you will. It presents this unique opportunity for God not only to do things in the lives of students, but through the lives of students. We encourage our students to be walking billboards in their hallways of all of the things that God has done in their lives. And the thing for me and what I believe is it doesn't limit itself to students. It doesn't limit itself. Fall does not present this opportunity only for students. I believe that it presents an opportunity for everyone. I believe that my one-and-a-half-year-old son has an opportunity for God to use his unique platform to be used by God. I believe it all the way to my 80-year-old something grandmother who would kill me if she knew that I even kind of referenced where her age was. Um, but I believe that God has a unique opportunity and a unique platform for her to be used by God. You know, statistics say that for every one person, everybody in here at least influences seven people. That somewhere in our scope of our world, we influence seven people. And I believe, and what I want to talk about today is this, that when we partner that influence with God, that he turns influence into a platform. That, that God has the ability to take our influence and turn it into a platform today. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6, if you don't have your Bibles, it's okay. The words will be on the screen for you to follow along with. But I want to set up the scenario here in that what's happening in this part of history for the nation of Israel. And what's going on is that Israel would find itself in trouble. They would, they would find themselves in need. And, and God would raise up someone, or the, book, or the Bible calls them judges. He would raise up judges to rescue his people, to help his people. And in this particular time in, in Israel's history, and, and what's happening here in this part of the book of Judges, is we find that Israel is in this season where they're planting their crops, and as it's time to harvest them, the surrounding enemies would come in and steal their crops and steal their harvest. And so it was putting Israel in this place of famine or starvation, if you will. And so that's where we pick up the story of Gideon. Now, here's a little bit of the backstory of Gideon. Gideon, his family, was a part of a tribe, his tribe, if you will, was the lowest in, uh, in all of Israel. So there are different tribes in Israel, and his was the lowest. They didn't have wealth. They weren't influential. They didn't have power. They didn't make decisions. They were the lowest tribe in all of Israel. Well, the Bible goes on to say about Gideon that Gideon was the lowest of his family. So he was at the bottom of the bottom. He was the lowest in all of Israel, the Bible says. And what's interesting is that when we think about Gideon in, in this context, he would be the least likely to have any influence. He would be the least likely to be used by God. And that's where we pick up this story in Judges chapter 6. I'm going to be begin reading uh, midway through verse 11, and it says this, Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. 
mighty hero, the Lord is with you. You see, the Lord showed up to Gideon, the lowest of the lows, and calls him mighty hero. He, he shows up in Gideon's life and he says, I'm going to take your influence and make it a platform. You feel like you may not have any influence in your life, but I'm going to turn that around into a platform. He shows up in the life of the lowest of the low and not only gives him this title of mighty hero, but he uses him you see, we've all been given these unique platforms in our life. We've all been given this voice, if you will. You see, the other day I, w- I learned this lesson. Um, I am beginning the stages of parenting. My son, like I said, is a year and a half, and he is awesome, but my husband and I are learning parenthood. And this thing about me is I'm not a morning person at all. Like, I need a couple minutes, and then I need a couple uh, cups of coffee, and then I need a few more minutes, and then we're good to go. This was a, a tough lesson to learn when we first got married, but we're good. We're all, we know I need a couple minutes in the morning. And so on my way to work, I kind of like to prep myself, you know, because I am a pastor and I have to be nice. And so um, I, I'm like prepping myself on the way to work. And how I do this is this. My son will be in his car seat just sipping on his milk, chilling in the back seat, and I will be in the front seat, and I like to play like really thumping, um, energetic worship music, and I like to call it my little praise break, so you know I get my little praise on on my way to work, and it focuses me, it gets me ready to like smile, and so I am in the car, I found this new song that I just absolutely love, absolutely love, and I'm going through this song, and I am just jamming, like I am having my praise break, I am like, yes, so if you see me on the way to work, just this is a judge-free zone right here, okay, I'm like getting my face on, so I'm like having this moment, and I see in the rearview mirror that my son is going nuts, I mean, his hands are in the air, he's like punching off the, um, of the back of the seat, I mean, he's going nuts, and I'm like, get it, boy, like, we're like, yeah, I mean, we are having this moment, I mean, we were riding around, and we were getting it, I mean, like, We were having a time. And what I realized was that maybe as insignificant as I felt that moment to be, that it was more than my voice, but it was my actions that had this platform for my son to follow my lead. You see, parenting, I believe, is a very powerful platform. And I believe for anybody, no matter where we're at and the unique platforms that we have, that if we have breath in our lungs, then there is a microphone in our hands. If we have breath in our lungs, then there is something that God is wanting to do in our lives. We have this unique platform, whether you're a parent or maybe you're a business person or a student or a grandparent, whatever it may be, we have this powerful platform that God wants to use. He wants to take our influence and make it a powerful platform. It's my belief that the Lord intends to use our platforms powerfully. It's not just meant to be a platform that we stand on, but it's a platform that God intends to use powerfully. And I believe in order for us to have our platform used powerfully, we have to allow the voice of God to guide our voice. His voice guides our voice. And in this walk and in our faithful day in and day out life, His voice guides 
our voice. He guides our platform. He turns, his voice turns our influence into this platform. You see, this is where we pick back up in the story of Gideon. And as you read on in chapter 6, you find that Gideon is having this conversation with God, and, and God finally convinces him to, to do this. And, and so Gideon shows up with 22,000 warriors. And this dialogue continues between him and God. And God tells Gideon, I want you to go before the people, and I want you to ask anybody that may be afraid to leave. So Gideon faithfully does what the Lord says and gets in front of the people and, and asks the people that are afraid that they can go home. And that day, Gideon's army went from 22,000 people to 10,000 people. And this dialogue between Gideon and the Lord continues. The Lord goes to Gideon and he says, I want you to take uh, all of your, your army down to a river and I want you to separate them into two types, into two groups. One group that would drink the water from their hands and then another group that would get down on their knees and drink right from the river. And that's where we pick back up this story. In Judges 7, Judges 7 verse 6 says this, only 300 of the men drank, drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. The Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you, and I will give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. So Gideon collected the provisions and ram's horns of the other warriors and sent them home. But he kept the 300 men with him. You see, Gideon had this, this dialogue with the Lord, and he was going back and forth, and he was faithful to do what the Lord was asking him to do. It may not have made sense to him, but it was in his walk with him that he was faithful. You see, I believe that faithfulness in our life, it produces fruit. Faithfulness in our lives, in our day in and day out life with this voice that we have, that it produces these victories. It produces these fruit in our lives. It's in it's in faithfulness for me. It doesn't begin when things get difficult. Faithfulness begins in the day in and the day out walk with our life. Faithfulness begins with daily disciplines. Faithfulness begins in that daily getting into the word of God and daily spending time with him in this open dialogue. The Bible says that his word is a light into our path. And, and it's these, these faithful moments that we have with our daily disciplines. You see, daily disciplines determine our destiny. They determine where we end up in that day in and day out walk with the Lord. Gideon was faithful to everything that the Lord was saying. He was faithful with what God was asking him to do, although it may not have made sense. He was faithful with the day in and the day out disciplines. You see, growing up, my, my stepmom, she works in Atlanta. She works in a corporation um, in downtown Atlanta. And my home growing up was about an hour south of Atlanta. And so she would have to get up really early to get to work on time. So I would be coming downstairs to eat breakfast as she was leaving to go to work. But our, our paths would always cross in the morning. And I cannot remember a day where my stepmom was not reading her word. She has this one-year Bible that she reads through. It's like falling apart. It, she reads through it every year. And every morning she would be down at the kitchen table and she'd be reading her word. And, and I'd grab my breakfast and I'd sit down at the table with her. And she'd begin to tell me about how the scriptures that she was reading 
we're, we're helping her at work. We're helping her in, in her walk. You see, during that time, she was climbing the corporate ladder. She is now a very influential um, employee at this corporation. And, and then she would talk to me about how the scripture that she would be reading would fill her full of wisdom. It would give her this, this extra courage that she would need or, or this time that she was spending with the Lord, how it would help her in her day in and day out life. You see, I've heard, it, I've heard it said like this, private prayer produces public power. Private prayer in our life, it produces this public power. You see, my, my stepmom's day in and day out life with the Lord produced this public power in her life. It allowed God to take the platform on which she was standing and make it powerful. It allowed God to come in and take her voice and make it powerful. I believe that when we allow the voice of God, just like Gideon did, to guide our decisions and to guide our platform, that we see God do extraordinary things in our lives. He takes our platform, he takes our influence, if you will, and turns it into a platform. That private prayer produces this public power. It produces this voice, this life, if you will, that is not meant to keep to ourselves. It produces a voice or, or it echoes, if you will, a life that is not meant to keep to ourselves. You see, I believe that our voice was designed to amplify. Our voice, our platform, I believe it was designed to amplify. It was designed to echo. It was designed with the fact that if we have breath in our lungs and there is a microphone in our hands, there is the ability to have our life and our platform echo far greater than what we could do. You see, we'll find ourselves when we're listening to the voice of God and we're in our daily walk with him. We find ourselves in places that we never knew we would be, doing things we never thought were even possible. But with the Lord, he takes that influence and he turns it into a mighty platform for him. It's like with Gideon. Gideon's voice, Gideon's platform, it echoed through an entire nation. The weakest link of Israel, the weakest link God shows up in his life, calls him a mighty hero, and his voice, his platform echoes through an entire nation. I believe that this fall is an opportunity for our voices, for our platforms to echo to people. It it reminds me of a story in, in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, where Jesus Christ, he had died and rose again, and he's standing there in front of uh, what's believed to be 400 people. And he's standing there with nail-scarred hands. He's like in the flesh, right there, talking to these people. And he says to them, go and wait, I have a gift for you. Jesus himself, if Jesus showed up to me and said, I have a gift, I want you to go, and I want you to sit in that chair, I would not move. I'd be like, oh my Lord, I've just seen Jesus. Um... But he shows up to these people, 400 people, the Bible says, in the flesh, nail-scarred hands. And he says, I want you to go and I want you to wait. I have a gift for you. The Bible goes on to say on the day of Pentecost, which was the gift that that Jesus was referring to, there were 120 people in that room. Somewhere over the course of those 50 days, they got tired. Somewhere over the course of those 50 days, they gave up. I can't imagine what it must have been like on day 45. You see, there was no light at the end of the tunnel for them. Jesus just said, go and wait. 
And so on day 45, they got a little tired and they walked out. Day 47, here goes the rest of them. But somehow that number went from 400 to 120. And that 120 decided to take those daily disciplines. They decided to remain faithful on their day in and day out. And it presented an opportunity on day 50 to receive a gift from Jesus. You know, one of the people that was in that room on that 120 was a guy by the name of Peter. He was a disciple. We know him as the crazy disciple. He made some mistakes. But that day, on the day of Pentecost, because he remained faithful, because he stayed in that room and waited and did what the Lord told him to do, the Lord provided this powerful platform. The Bible says that Peter got up and shared a message that saw thousands of people added to the church. The same guy who made several mistakes when he walked with Jesus is the same guy that got up and used the platform that the Lord had given him to see thousands of people come to know Christ. He saw thousands of people added to the church in that day. I believe that our platform and that our life, it was designed to echo. Just like Peter's platform echoed to thousands, whatever our unique platform may be, again, whether you're a stay-at-home parent to a business person, to a coach, a teacher, whatever it is that you may do, you have a voice that was designed to amplify. You have a voice that if you partner it with Jesus and you listen to his voice and you follow him and you remain faithful in your daily disciplines, it's amazing how an ordinary day can turn into an extraordinary moment. It's amazing what it must have been like on the day of Pentecost. They didn't know that it had been, that it was supposed to be 50 days, but 50 days came and God poured out this incredible experience. They were the 120 that remained faithful and Peter's voice echoed. Peter's voice amplified. God used his his platform. He turned his influence into, into a platform and he used it to see thousands of people come to know him. You see later, later in the Bible, Peter writes in 1 Peter 2 9, he says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. That you may declare the praises of the one that called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. The same guy that was faithful to the Lord and used an opportunity to glorify God, to speak of the goodness of who God was. He writes here that we are all of these things. We are a chosen people. We are God's possession. Do we understand today that God did not get stuck with us? We are his chosen possession. It's like when our children go into a store and they take forever to pick out a toy and then they have this toy and it's like, oh my goodness, I have this toy, right? We are God's chosen people. We are his possession. That may glorify God. That may praise the one who has called us out of darkness and into a marvelous light. Our voice And our platform, it was designed to amplify. 
It was designed to bring glory to God. Our lives, they were designed to echo down the hallways of schools that there is a God full of love and full of grace that a generation needs to know about. Our lives were designed to echo down the halls of businesses that says, yes, I may be going through a hard time, but I serve a God of peace. Our lives were designed to amplify the goodness and greatness of a God who has called us out of darkness and into a marvelous light. That is who we are supposed to echo. That is what our platform is all about. That is what our voice echoes in our homes and in our carpool lines and in a soccer field. That is what we amplify. We were created We were created with the idea that our voice was designed to amplify. It was designed to echo wherever you may be, whatever you may be walking through. We were created by a God who called us out of darkness, who came and he got us and he rescued us and he called us into a marvelous light. It's what Pastor Aaron's been preaching on these past several weeks that we are here to point people to Jesus that we are here to be a a, a body, a living, breathing creature with breath in our lungs. So there is a microphone in our hands. There is an opportunity to tell a lost and dying world that there is a God who is full of grace and full of love and full of peace. Yes, it is not easy, but he is there with you every step of the way. That is what we are supposed to echo. That is what our life was meant to echo, to amplify. Have a conversation with someone that's not a Christ follower and you'll quickly realize that there is a world that needs to know that there is a God who has enough grace to come in and get somebody out of darkness no matter what that darkness looks like and call them into a marvelous light. That is the God that we echo. That is who deserves every bit of our praise, no matter what your platform looks like, no matter what your voice may do. God came in and told Gideon, the least of all of the nation of Israel, the very least one, he comes in and he calls him a mighty warrior. Imagine what he can do with our lives. Imagine what he can do when he comes in to whatever your platform may be and and speak life into it and call you into this and imagine what our lives can echo. Imagine that this fall presents an opportunity. What if this fall we walked into our schools, we walked into our businesses, we drove down our carpool lines with the idea that I was designed to amplify that I was designed to echo, to, to, to declare these praises of a God who calls people out of darkness and puts them into a marvelous light. What if that's the way we carried ourselves this fall? As we get back into the routine of life and as our voices echo, what will they echo this fall? See, I know that there are people in this room that in, at our West Campus and maybe even online that you don't have this relationship with Jesus. You don't have this life full of purpose and full of passion. And I wanna give you an opportunity to have a real conversation with God today. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10 specifically, 
that when we have this conversation, when we open up to God and we admit that there's a distance between us and Him, we admit that there's this sin in our lives and we believe that Jesus is who the Bible says He is, that that's when this relationship happens. That's when this relationship starts. And in a moment, I'm gonna pray. And as I'm praying, I encourage you to have a real, genuine conversation with God. To be open and honest with God today. To have this, this relationship start today. I believe that God can come in and he can start this relationship with you. And as we launch into the fall, let us carry ourselves, let us walk with our everyday life as if we were designed to echo, as if we were designed to amplify who and what Jesus is in our lives and what he can be in the lives of others. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for this amazing uh, sacrifice that you've given us that we could have life and life to the fullest, your word says. God, I thank you that, that you've come down and you've give, and given us a purpose, that you've given us this passion, Lord, that you've allowed our lives to mean something, that you've allowed us to echo wherever we may go. So Lord, as we enter into the fall, Lord, I just pray, I pray that you would give us the grace. God, give us the strength to amplify who and what you are. Give us the strength and the courage to amplify no matter what our platform may be, no matter what our voice may look like. Lord, I ask that you would give us all of those things that we may amplify you, that we may echo a God who saves, that we may amplify the fact that you're so full of grace and so full of love for a lost and dying world. And God, I pray for the people in this room that may be having that first honest, real conversation with you today. God, I pray that you would remind them that you would surround them with your grace and with your love. I pray you would empower them to have this relationship with you. And it's in your mighty name I pray, amen.